This is our liberation series. July 1st through the 6th, we're focusing on revolts of enslaved peoples in the Americas and combating the myth that our ancestors resigned to a life of captivity and degradation and passively faced oppression. It's time we recognize the spirit of resistance in our blood and honor our struggles and strides for freedom. Sunday, September 9, 1739. 20 miles, 30 kilometers southwest of Charleston, South Carolina, was the setting for the Stono Rebellion, the largest slave revolt in the 13 colonies. An Angolan man, Jemmy, led about 20 slaves in a rebellion. Many members of the group were experienced in combat, having fought in the Yamazine War or received training in the use of weapons in Angola. They gathered at the Stono River, raided the firearms shop Hutchinson's, executed the white owners, and placed their victims' heads on the store's front steps for all to see. They moved on to other houses in the area, burning the buildings and killing more than 20 white people as they marched south to St. Augustine, Florida, where the Spanish were offering freedom and land to any fugitive slave. All slaves did not join the insurrection. Some actually helped hide their masters, but many were drawn to the procession, and their numbers reached between 60 and 100. They paraded down King's Highway, carrying banners and shouting liberty, Lukango in their native tongue, Kikango, a word that expressed the same ideals encompassed in the English word liberty and possibly even salvation. The slaves fought off enslavers for over a week before they reached the Edisto River, where white colonists captured and killed most of the rebels and sold survivors to plantations in the West Indies. It's very likely there were survivors who reached the town of Mose in Florida, the first legally sanctioned free black town in the present-day U.S. Even after colonial forces crushed the Stono uprising, further revolts occurred, including the very next year, when South Carolina colonists murdered at least 50 additional rebel slaves. South Carolina authorities moved to reduce provocations for rebellion. Masters were penalized for imposing excessive work or brutal punishments, and a school was started to teach slaves Christian doctrine. In a colony that already had more black folks than white folks, the South Carolina Colonial Assembly imposed a prohibition on importing new slaves from Africa and the West Indies. They also tightened control over enslaved people. The assembly enacted a new law requiring a ratio of one white person for every 10 black people on any plantation and passed the Negro Act of 1740. This act prohibited enslaved people from growing their own food, assembling in groups, learning to read, and earning money for themselves rather than for their enslavers. It's speculated that the August 1739 passage of the Security Act by the South Carolina Colonial Assembly played a role in the rebellion. The act required all white men to carry firearms to church on Sunday. Thus, the enslaved leaders of the rebellion knew that their best chance for success would be during church services, when armed white males weren't on the plantations. <laughs> 